Last time we were here on our first Sunday service, every first Sunday we meet here at 11 o'clock sharp, and we let you go in about, oh man, an hour, solid. And for the next few minutes, I just want to remind you what we talked about last time. Last time I read a verse for you, it's in the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Be not be, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. That's a powerful verse, and it says a lot to us about the importance of having balance. And the challenge of having balance is, if you're not careful, you will think that you can have something without doing something. This verse says that's not true. This verse says in order for you to have something, you have to do something. A man cannot, cannot expect to receive a harvest if he's put nothing in the ground. And one of the things that we do is we sow in children, we sow in adults, we sow in those of you that are watching. All these are investments. And I want to say, the last time we gathered, I made a statement. And I want you to repeat that with me, please. Say, I did it. That's what I talked about last time. You sowed it. You did it. Look around your life. You did it. You look at this grass, it's cut, you paid for it. You look at this, you did it. You paid for the stage. You paid. For, you did it. I did it. There are things that you did, and God says you get credit for it, good and bad, ugly and pretty. So you look in the mirror. Somebody said, no, don't do that, Pastor Ray. Yeah, you did that. You ate all that. You did all that. And some, there's something about admitting what you did, admitting what you did, acknowledging what you didn't do. And, and, I, and last time I said, for a minute, I want you to forget about everybody else. I want you to forget about what everybody else did in your life, didn't do, and I want you to admit you did it. And just talk about that for 30 minutes. That's all I did last time. Just talk about what you did. Not your mama, not your cousin, not your daddy, not your friend, you. You did this. You did this to yourself. Look at your bank book. And I said, you did this. So, yes, you did. You look at your debt level. You, you charged up all that. Those are your shoes. Look at your feet. The one, them shoes. You bought them. All that's your stuff. I, come on, say, I did it. You did it. And so if you can admit that, that's a good beginning place. But then I said, this time we're going to change subjects and talk about they did it. Because you didn't do everything. Now, some things you did and some things you did not do. Your mama did do that. She, 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 she did do that. Now, she did take your money. She did. She did think it was a community fund and went in there and got your money. You know you didn't do that. Your daddy did do it. Your daddy did not show up. Your daddy did not do his part. You know the truth. Now, 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 now dads, don't feel bad. Don't, don't, get on that, don't get on that hobby horse. I'm not trying to take you there. I'm just trying to make a point. You have to admit what you did do and what you didn't do. It takes maturity to say, I did it. And it's, it takes maturity to say, I didn't do it. They did that. They did that. That boy's in jail because he went down there and you saw his head on the video. You know that was him. He went in there and stole those people's stuff and they filmed him and now you don't admit that's your brother. That's your cousin. He did it. They did that. And I think it's important. I learned in my life as a pastor not to let people make me think I did it. Somebody calls here. They do it all the time. They used to call the church all the time and say, hi there, Reverend. Hi. My wife and I, we, we're stuck. And we was on our way to California. And we was on I-16, and we pulled over here. Uh, I'm trying to say, if you're going to California, you're going the wrong way. That's the first thing. I'm trying to understand <laughs> why you, going, you should be going that way, west. Anyway, so, and then they, then they try to say, I came by here so you can help me. 
No, you listen. When you got in the car before you left wherever you were, you should have said, I only have $5 worth of gas. Right there. You did that. That's not my responsibility to give you a tank of gas. You did that. You have to learn in life they did that. And here's my famous saying, I can't own that. I can't own everything. Now, I help people. I'm a generous guy. I understand. I believe me. I, I put my giving up against anybody's. But, but, but the point is, they did that. Some people did that. Now, I'm not going gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna to say something. I'm not talking about everybody. I just said a few people. Some people right now are homeless. At least one person. I didn't say everybody. They did it. They did that to themselves. Now, 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 I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not saying everybody. Somebody was abused. I know some people had a hard way. I understand all that, but there's at least one person in the world who's in a situation. They did it. And then there's somebody in a situation that didn't do it. Somebody else put them there. Their husband spent the money. Their friend spent the money. Own what you did, and, and, and please be clear about what you didn't do. And so sometimes you find out <clears throat> that some people hurt you. Now, they, they, they did it. They really did hurt you. Some people didn't prove to be a good investment. And they did not invest in you. They didn't. They, not you, they didn't. Some people uh, <laughs> don't keep up with you. They don't keep up with you. They don't. They don't care what happens to you. Now, that's the truth. See, understand what you didn't do and understand what they didn't do. There are parents who didn't keep up with their kids. There are parents who didn't make the right investment. There are parents who hurt their kids, who took things from them, who caused them pain that was unfortunate. In the book of Luke chapter, chapter 4, I want to give you five things you can do if somebody did something to you. If somebody didn't do something or somebody offended you or somebody hurt you, and there's testimonies like that. I know some of you would say, yeah, that's me. I've been hurt by, and you can, you can name the person. And you can spend all of your life in the cycle of what they did to you. You can spend all of your life talking about what they did to you. And everybody you meet, everybody you date, you talk about, yeah, they hurt me. Yeah, they, I was dating Bob and Bob, and then I met John, and then I met Sue. And then you can go through this, a long list of the days. Or you can decide to not allow that to control you. You were doing fine. You met them. They came into your life and sowed bad seed. There are churches that were fine until certain people joined them. When that family joined, they wrecked everything. Start sleeping with folks, still borrowing money, lying and using the Lord. They, they were bad members. And, and that's the truth. There were some churches that were fine until, until they got a new pastor. They got a new pastor, everything collapsed. They got the wrong person. There are people, I always tell people this, if you want to know if you are dating the right person, look at your life before they came and after they came. Look at your bank account before they came and after they came. I heard one horn blow already back there, see? See, I'm telling you, I'm telling you sometimes in life, you can tell. You know, I, that's why I try to not make this church a, a kill your church. Before you came to the church, you had free time. After you got there, they took up all your free time. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Saturday, Bible study, Friday, Sunday, all day. You, you ain't got no life. Every free day they want. Before you went to the church, you had some money. After you went there, building fun, seeking fun, calling fun. Every way, I heard another horn. There you go. You see, people say, man, you can't, you can't have money with those people. 
If you get around those people, they're always asking for it. And the pastor, he's good at it. He make you feel guilty. You got to leave your wallet in the car. Because I'm going to tell you, if you go into church, that dude going to get every dime. And I know, I, I, sometimes I feel, I feel, I've been in church. I've been so inspired. I, I wanted to give thousands. They told me God was going to bless me. And then I gave my money and was in the same place. And I'm not against giving. I believe in giving. I believe the giving is a, is, a, is, a, is a blessing and tithing and honoring God first. But there's something about understanding that when I entered into this relationship with these folks, that they, something happened to me. Something changed. You used to be nicer. You used to, you used to like your family. What happened? How come you don't like your mama now? Because of them? You don't like your brother now. You don't talk to anybody in your family. Why? Them? You're isolated. Why? How'd that happen? They came into your life. And, and, and they did that. Now, I want you to understand, they may not even mean to. But they, they, they need you with just them. There's a they element that can come into your life and change your perspective, your philosophies. Some of you would never have done certain things, but they looked at you and gave you that look. Now, you know I love you, baby. I'll be there for you. Tonight and every night. And before you know it, they're moved in. Before you know it, you got five babies. Before you know it, and they're gone. They did that. They tricked you. And what's sad is some of you are the they. You came in somebody's life and you changed it. I heard a person admit that to me. It was powerful. He looked at what he had done. He said, I did that. I did that. I think it's important to understand what you did and what they did without spending your life angry. I'm not trying to give you some angry sermon because you go home and start a fight. Yeah, you the they. You the they. Pastor was talking about you. Let me play the sermon for you. I was here when I met you. Now I'm here. No, wait, wait, but, but listen, you did it, though. You invited them in. Now, I understand sometimes people barge in. But own the part you own. Own the part you did and be honest about the part they did. And then here's some closing thoughts. Five things you can do. Number one, let Jesus heal your broken heart. Luke 4.18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovering of sight for the blind. He sent me, he sent me to the oppressed to free the oppressed, to proclaim the liberty of the Lord. Please understand, Jesus said, let me heal your heart. He came to heal the brokenhearted. If somebody's done something to you, you are a perfect candidate for Jesus. Number two, invest in yourself. Okay, they did it. They didn't do whatever. Now turn around and invest in you. Number three, keep up with yourself. Okay, they didn't invest in you. Well, invest in yourself. Your mama didn't, your daddy didn't, but invest in you. It, it, they didn't keep up with you. Keep up with yourself. You get mad. They didn't call me. Call yourself. Text yourself. I don't care what you can do. Email yourself. Do something for yourself. Stop talking about who didn't call you sitting by the phone. They didn't call me. I hate when people do it. Please don't do me like this. I, you never, ever called me. Listen, I do fail. I mess up. But what I like is, at the end of the day, I can't go but so far. And at the end of the day, your mama, your daddy, your cousin, your friend, your neighbor, your church, your job, your community can't do but so much for you. 
at some point, you have to understand you got to keep up with yourself. And then number four, get excited about your plan for your future. I love this. Proverbs 21 and 5 says this. The plan of the diligent lead to profit. Let me say it again. The plans, Proverbs 21 and 5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit, and as surely as haste, as haste leads to poverty. In other words, diligence leads to pro- pro- profit and, pro- and blessing. Haste or rushing leads to poverty. Get excited about slowly moving towards your dream. What are your plans for your life? Don't dwell on what somebody didn't do, what they did to you. What do you plan to do for you? Number five, last one, change your expectations of others. I've learned to not expect people to do things for me. I've learned to expect to do things for myself. There's something about about being an only child. This is true. When you ain't got no backup, you ain't got no big brother, you ain't got no big sister, it's just you all by yourself. Can I get an amen, somebody? Now, let me give you a bonus thought. Let me give you five things I wrote down after I wrote this sermon. Five things that I think, five lessons in 40 years. 40 years of ministry, 40 years of pastoring. Here's I learned five lessons. Number one, same with me. Say patience. Patience. Come on. Priorities, prevention, and praise. Patience, it takes longer than you expect for most things. Number two, decide what goes first and stay with it. Make a decision. Decide what's a priority in your life. Number three, prevention. Deal with it now so that it doesn't get you later. Deal with it when? Now. Patience. It takes longer to get to most places. Number two, priority. Decide what what goes first. Number three, prevention. Deal with it now so that it doesn't get you later. And number four, praise. It would be a sin to insult God with unbelief at this late season in your life. It would be a sin to say to God, after 40 years, I don't believe you. It'd be a sin to let COVID-19 wear me out. It'd be a sin for me to get frustrated because I'm outside and not inside. It'd be a sin for me to get tired now. It'd be a sin, and I refuse to sin. So I'm going to be patient. I'm going to have my priorities right. I'm going to trust the living God, and I'm going forward. Are you going with me? Amen. Father, we thank you for the message today. We thank you for these few minutes together. We pray that in these 17 minutes, I've said something to help somebody, that they would rise up and say, I get it. And Father, I believe that you're going to help us go forward with faith, confidence, and maturity. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. Next first Sunday, I'm going to talk about fear and wisdom, how to balance them both. I want to show you how Sometimes you need to be afraid of some things and how to be wise when you balance it. Those of you that are watching from home and those of you that are here today, I want you to know this is the day for all of us to rise up together and believe God. I want to have one final prayer. And if you're outside, stand up. If you're in your car, lift your hands. Father, we lift our hands, we lift our hearts, and we celebrate you today with confidence and faith. We believe that your hand on us is strong we believe that every, every weapon formed against us will not prosper. And we believe that we will rise, oh God, from these days stronger than before. And we give you all glory and all honor in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.